Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Baruch Hashem. It's to start a new Masechta, Masechas Beitzah. We are on uh, Daf Beis. Uh, if you don't know that, that's a problem. We're in the very beginning. We're going to start from a brand new Mishnah. And before we start, just a brief uh, overview about some halachos that we're going to learn. We are all familiar with the phrase, and we say this to ourselves and to those around us, hey, wait, be careful, that's muksa. So the concept of muksa is something that we're going to be speaking about extensively. And the first Mishnah speaks about this idea about beitza shanol de biyomta, what happens if an egg is born, an egg uh, is laid on yantiv, what is the halachic status of that egg? So if something is muksa, then it can't be touched. And if something is nolad, which is another concept of muksa, which is a problematic concept, so that could be problematic as well. Nolad means that something was literally born, but it could have a lot of applications. According to some postkim, making ice on Shabbos is a violation of nolad because you had it in one form, and now you have it in another form. A lot of these ideas will come up. Let's get started. If there is a chicken that lays an egg on Yom Tov, that is a machlokes in the Tanoim. Beishamai omrim tochal, Beishel omrim lo tochal. Beishamai says you're allowed to eat the egg, no problem at all. And Beishel says you're not allowed to eat it, big problem. We don't know why yet. We'll get there when the time comes. And the Gemara today will speak about this one line. All of the remainder, remainder, remaining lines of the Mishnah we will not be discussing today, but let's learn them now, anyways. That on Pesach, when we measure the shear of Isra of Chametz, when it comes to Seor, which is a more intense form of Chametz, it can actually be used as some type of leavening agent for other, uh, for other uh, flowers. So then Seor, that is a smaller shear of a Kezayis, but Bechametz, the Isra of Chametz itself is Bechakoseves, that is a larger shear than a Kezayis. Uh, no, the shear doesn't change between Seor and Chamed, Zev, Zev, and that is the second din of the Mishnah. So the first din of the Mishnah is Beis HaShnol, and the second din of the Mishnah is how we treat Seor. Do we say that Seor is like a, a Seor and Chamed? Do we say that it's the same shear, or do we say that they are different shear? Third case of the Mishnah, five lines down, Beis Medalev. If somebody shechts a Chaya, uh, or an ofan yantiv, the halacha is machlokes in the tanaim, beshame omrim, yachpor badeker vichase, take a shovel, dig up some dirt, and perform the mitzvah of kisui hadam. Kisui hadam doesn't apply to every type of shrita, but it certainly applies here. And that is uh, the way the beshamai says to do it. It seems like it's lechatchila. However, ubeshilot omrim, lo yishchot, says, no, you should not be doing this shechita unless the afar, the dirt with which you will perform the mitzvah of kisui hadam is muchan mi it is prepared and available. Umodim, however, Beis Hillel does agree that if in fact one did the shechita, even though they shouldn't have done the shechita, that one in fact is allowed to dig up some dirt to perform the mitzvah of kisui hadam. The last four words of this Mishnah are a little cryptic. We'll get there. Because the ashes of an oven are considered muchan. That doesn't make any sense at all, uh, at least in the flow of the Mishnah, as we see it. We'll learn about this, not today, but we'll learn about it down the road. But uh, this third din is talking about Kisui Hadam. Do you have a question? Isn't, isn't one of the Lama Tesmalachos? What? To dig the dirt mm-hmm. and then do the Kisui Hadam on it? Yeah. It is. It's one of the Lama Tesmalachos to do uh, Chofer. But when you're doing Chofer, not for the whole, 
but rather for the dirt. That's called the malacha she'enetz richa and that is a din derabanan. So we allow for the violation of an iser derabanan in order to perform a mitzvah de'oraisa according to Beisham. Beisham says only with the evan, but it's not uh, it's not digging proper. When we assume digging, it has to be done the way that it was done in the Torah, and they were digging holes in order to let's say uh, put a pole up to make the mishkan. So we needed the hole. So, but when you're doing it for the dirt, that's a secondary purpose, and that is a dinder abanan. It's not an iser deraisa. The Gemara opens one third of the way down, starting at the fresh Gemara. Oh, it's a surround sound. <laughs> no, it's good. I'm like, who is that guy? Pemayo Skinan says the Gemara, what is the nature of the machlokes beishamai beishelel? We're talking only about the first case of the Mishnah. The first Mishnah speaks about a case of where a chicken lays an egg. What is the case that we're dealing with? Are we dealing with a chicken that is specifically meant to be eaten? Well, if it's meant to be eaten, then I could shecht it on yantif. So then how could it be muksa? How could its egg be muksa? So that's the Gemara's opening question. But my asking, if you want to say that the machlokes beishamai beishelel is if you want to say that this animal is edible, let's talk in halachic terminology. Before Yantif started, I took five chickens and I put them in a pen, preparing them to be used over the course of Yantif. So then I can shech that animal whenever I want on Yantif and I can eat it, no problem at all, right? So then how could its egg then be muksa if the whole animal is mutter? If the animal is a medesachila, then what's wrong with it? So shechted, when the, when, when the egg's on the inside, you could eat it, right? So what's, why, why would it be problematic? So the Gemara says, if it is in fact, why would Beis Hillel say that you can't eat it? That doesn't make any sense. After all, the whole animal is edible. Uchla ifrasu. It's food that, it, that used to be connected to the body. Basically, these two foods used to be the same. And the egg and the chicken should have the same halachic status. And that would be difficulty. That would be a difficulty for Beis Hillel. And therefore, the Gemara doesn't like the option that the Tarnagolas that we're dealing with is Omedes Lachila. Ella, halfway down, it must be the Tarnagolas Omedes Lagadol Beitzim. Maybe it was an animal that we were never intending on shechting, and therefore it's mukta. Remember, only if you set, set aside that animal before Yantif can you shecht it. But here, if it's a medes beitzim, the whole reason why you have this egg is because it's excellent at producing eggs and its eggs are fantastic. Great. So then you're never going to eat it. Then it's mukta. So then says the Gemara, if in fact it's tarnagolus a medes beitzim, mata amayhu, mata amayhu de beishamai. But if it's meant specifically for, then it's for sure it's muksa if it's meant to only have eggs. And if that's the case, why would Beishamai be lenient? So this question creates a, a dichotomy. There's two ways to look at this. And it's we, there's only two options. It's either a chicken that you're going to eat or a chicken that you're not going to eat. And if it's a chicken that you're going to eat, everyone should be lenient. And if it's a chicken you're not going to eat, everyone should be strict. So how is it that Beishamai and Beishel even argue in the first place? Says the Gemara. Hold on one second. Oh, sorry. I forgot two words. Muktahi. According to Beishamai, sorry. According to Beishamai, it should be muksa. If you're saying that it's that it's omedes legado baits him, then it should be muksa. So then the Gemara says, I don't under, even understand. I could easily explain away this case. Well, my kushya, why are you bothered by what Beishamai and Beishelel are arguing about? Dilma, perhaps, Beishamai is of the opinion of, as we saw many times in Masecha Shabbos, less lehu muksa. Maybe he holds that fundamentally there's no iser of muksa. What does that do for us? So what that does for us is as follows. It means that we could be talking about an animal that's Tarnagolas HaOmedes Legadol Beitzim, and Beishamai holds that there's no Eser Muksa. So therefore it's mutter to, to take the eggs of the animal. 
says the Gemara, that can't be because Kasal Kadaitach, we've been working on the following as, uh, assumption. Kasal Kadaitin, that Afilu man de Shari Bemukta, we were of the opinion that even if there was someone who was Shari Bemukta, who said that Muksa has no Isser, but the Nolad Asr, but creating a new entity, that's Asr. That's definitely going to be problematic. So that's that's a that would be a, a big problem still for Beishamai. My time, I would do Beishamai. Let me say this question out, outside a little bit. If we say about Beishamai that he holds that Muksa is Mutter, but Nolad is still Asr, then the egg should still be problematic. And therefore, we're asking My time, I would do Beishamai. And now the Gemara is going to present one, two, three, I think four answers over the course of the next blot. We're going to be finishing today about halfway down on Gimel and Aleph, and we'll, uh, we'll pick up the balance over the course of Shabbos. So says the Gemara, the first answer to this question is two-thirds of the way down. Omar Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was of the opinion that the Machlokas was as follows. Le'olam, really the Machlokas in our Mishnah about Beit HaShanol, the Biyomt of the Machlokas, Beit Shammai, Beit Selel, is about the Tarnagolas HaMedes Legadol Beitzim. Really, we're talking about an animal that is never supposed to be eaten. The animal is supposed to lay eggs every day, multiple times a day, until it dies. That, this is not edible food. Udi Isle Muksa, Isle Nolad. However, unlike our starting assumption, he who holds that there is Muksa also holds that there's Nolad. Udi Lesle Muksa, Lesle Nolad. And really, if you hold that there is no Muksa, then there's also no Nolad. In other words, we're grouping Muksa, the general rules of Muksa and Nolad together. So let's just talk about this as an example. So on Shabbos, my keys would be Muksa. Okay? There's no use for them on Shabbos. My keys are Muksa. And a chicken that lays an egg is Nolad, different type of Muksa. So the way that we're looking at it now in this suggested answer of Rav Nachman is that the halachic status of Nolad, that egg, which was born from a chick on Shabbos, and these keys hold the same exact halachic status on Shabbos, which is that they're muksa. However, according to Beishamai, if Beishamai is of the opinion that, that, when, that whatever you hold by muksa is what you hold by Nolad, so then we have our answer. Because if Beishamai doesn't hold a muksa, it also means he doesn't hold of Nolad. And if he doesn't hold of Nolad, then even though the animal itself is specifically intended to lay eggs, we don't care because Nolad is not a problem as long as you don't hold a muksa. So therefore, Rav Nachman's answer uh, is able to work. And then the Gemara just concludes this answer being a little bit articulate, three-fourths of the way down. It must be that Beishamai is Kirib Shimon. This is a throwback, the name Rib Shimon. Beishamai holds like Rib Shimon, who Rashi points out is the one who is of the opinion that uh, there is no muksa. Ubeis Hillel, who's strict in our Mishnah, holds Kirib Yehuda that there is, um, is muksa. So now that's Rav Nachman's answer. Rav Nachman's answer, the chick that we're talking about is a chicken that is never intended to be eaten. The only question is, do we say that there's no lud or not? That's it. Beis Shammai says that there's no problem of no lud. Beis Hillel says that there is, and that's version one of the Machlokas. But we question this sheet of Rav Nachman. Umi ama Rav Nachman hachi. Does Rav Nachman really in fact hold that Beis Shammai is lenient like Rav Shimon in regards to Muksa, and Beis Hillel is strict like Rav Yehuda in regards to Muksa. How can that be? We have another Mishnah. Beis Shammai omrim magbin me'al hashulchan atzamusuklipin. Beis Shammai was of the opinion that one is allowed to clean up the bones of food that they ate and clip in shells from foods that you ate. You can't do it directly, Beis Hillel says. You pick up the whole table and you shake it off. Remember, they didn't have dining room tables like we did. They probably had more like the foldable TV dinner tables. Like they were much smaller. Just pick it up and go shake it out in the garbage. But to do so directly is not allowed. Now, here's Rav Nachman. Remember, our answer was from Rav Nachman. 
Then here's what Rav Nachman says, six lines from the bottom. Bama Rav Nachman, you got this Mishnah backwards. Anu ein lanu ubesilo Rashi explains that these two shitas in this Mishnah need to be flipped around. So instead of saying that Beishamai was the one who said you're allowed to pick up the bones and the peels, that was really Beishilel. And Beishamai was of the opinion that you have to, that, that it, there is a din of muksa. Well, that's a stira because Rav Nachman in his initial answer presented Beishamai as holding that there's no muksa. But Rav Nachman in this other Mishnah that we see from Masecha Shabbos uh, on Daf Kuf Mem Gimel, quoted here five lines from the bottom, six lines from the bottom. So there, Beishamai uh, with Rav Nachman's flip of the sheets, that Beishamai holds a muksa. So there's a stira in Rav Nachman. In one case, Rav Nachman says Beishamai is lenient. And in another case, Beishamai, Rav, Rav Nachman says Beishamai is machmir. So says the Gemara, a beautiful answer. Four, five lines from the bottom. Omar Lach Rav Nachman. I'm going to make a beautiful hakira for you. A difference, a distinction between Shabbos and Yontif, which explains how Rav Nachman could have both of his shitas. Omar Lach Rav Nachman. Gabi Shabbos, in regards to Hilchos Shabbos, the Sasam Lantana, that when the Mishnais were put together, there's a Stam Mishnah, Kirib Shimon. What does Rib Shimon hold that there's no Muksa? What Mishnah was like Rib Shimon that there is no Muksa? It's not the Mishnah writes, Mechad Chenes Hadzulun Behema, one is allowed to cut up gourds before animals, and important for us, Ves Hanevela Lifnea Klavim. And one is allowed to cut up the Nevela of an animal, Rashi says this, the Gemara doesn't, that this Nevela died on Shabbos. This is a nevela. If you take a look at Rashi, uh, 15 lines or so, 12 lines from the bottom of Rashi. Rashi says, Even though the animal died on Shabbos, that animal it should be muksa because it wasn't dead before Shabbos to be fodder for your animals. It, it died on Shabbos. So what do we see from this Mishnah? We see So we see that this Stam Mishnah is lenient on muksa because even though the animal was not muchan, it was not prepared before Shabbos, the animal was alive before Shabbos, when it died on Shabbos and became a nevela, you're now allowed to cut up this animal and feed it to your animals. That shows you that this Stam Mishnah is like Rib Shimon. Mokim la lebeisilel kirib Shimon. That seems to be like the lenient Shita. Aval turning to the top of Beis Beis. However, that was by Shabbos. But Gabe Yom Tov the Sasam Lantana Kirib Yehuda. But when it comes to Hilchos Yom Tov, we see a stringency that we do have concerns about Muksa, like the Shita Rabbi Yehuda. How so? It's not the Mishnah writes. This Mishnah, as well as in Masech Shabbos, in Mavakim Eitzin Mina Koros, you can't cut firewood from beams. Below Mina Koros, and you also can't do so from a beam that broke on Shabbos. And that means that there is a din of Moksa by Yom Tov, Mokim So now we have a stira. Well, I should say, now we have a distinction. By Shabbos, it seems to be that we don't have a concern of muksa, but by yotiv it seems to be that we do. And therefore the Gemara says, Michti, hang on one second. Man sasme lemasnisan. Who's the one who determined which Mishnayos are stam and which Mishnayos have names? The Gemara says, Rebbe, five lines down, Beis and Beis. So then says the Gemara, okay, well, what was Rebbe thinking? Why is it that when it came to Shabbos, the Sasam Lon Kirib Shimon, that when Rebbe put the Mishnayos together, he put a stam Mishnah, following in the footsteps, footsteps of Reb Shimon, that there is no muksa. But by, but by Yontif, all of a sudden, Reb Yehuda Nasi is like, hey, we got to be strict on Yontif. Why are we lenient on muksa by Shabbos, according to Rebbe, but strict in regards to muksa for Yontif? So answers the Gemara as follows. Amre, a psychology. Shabbos, when it comes to the halachos of Shabbos, the chamira, 
where the halachos are more strict. And because the halachos are more strict, and therefore, because we're very, very concerned about Hilchos Shabbos, there's a very small risk of you violating Shabbos. Therefore, Rebbe, when he put the Mishnahis together, he allowed for one to be lenient in regards to Moksan Shabbos because Shabbos is a very, very, very intense and severe day. Yantiv is not much less severe. There is a handful of malachos, the malachas sochal nefesh, which we don't have to keep on Yantiv, but still close, but it's not the same as Shabbos. But Yontov, 10 lines down, eight lines down, but Yontov, the keel, Yontov, which is a more lenient day, the Asi Lezilzule Bay, where there is a concern about Zilzul Yantiv, then in that case, Rebbe couldn't, couldn't be lenient. Sasam Lon Yehuda de Machmir. Beautiful. So that's the Gemara's distinction. And what was our, where, where did this all come from? We were bothered by Rav Nachman's answer. Rav Nachman gave the answer that we were talking about a case in our Mishnah, the Machlokas Beishamai and Beishelel is in a case of Tarnagolas Hamadis Lagadl Beitzim, and Beishamai was of the opinion that there's no concerns of Muksa. We presented another Shita of Rav Nachman that seemed to say that there was Muksa. And the Gemara answers, there's two moments in time that Rav Nachman's looking at. When it comes to Hilchos Shabbos, Rav Nachman, based on the distinctions of Rebbe and the Stamishnayas, Rav Nachman was of the opinion that when it comes to Shabbos, we, we can be lenient because people know that Shabbos is Chamir. But when it comes to Yantif, we have to be strict on Muksa because people are a little bit less strict. That brings us to about a quarter of the way down on Beis and Beis. And now we're going to try and tear apart. We will successfully tear apart the sheet of Rav Nachman yet again. We just tried once and we're going to try again. Says the Gemara, Bimayu Kimta, how did Rav Nachman establish the Machlokes of our Mishnah? The Gemara answers, Betarnagoles haomedes lagadol muksa. We said that the Machlokes Beishamai and Beishelel is about an animal that we don't intend to eat. And Beishelel is concerned about muksa. That's why the Mishnah says in the name of Beishelel lo sochal. And Beishamai is not concerned, so you're allowed to eat it. So says the Gemara, if this is correct, if Rav Nachman's explanation of our Mishnah is correct, then So then why does our Mishnah only say It should have said Whatever the language should be, why aren't they both included? The, the chicken's muksa too. Right, because because it's not omedes laachila. That was Rav Nachman's whole gestalt. Is that this animal is inedible to you, and therefore Beishelel was machmir because he holds a muksa, and Beishamai was leaning because he doesn't hold the muksa. But I don't understand. If you're right, Rav Nachman, that it's all about muksa, then why doesn't our Mishnah also talk about the chicken? The chicken's also muksa because it's not omedes laachila. It's omedes legadol basin. So says the Gemara. A well-known answer throughout Shas. We see this regularly. The Gemara says, the reason why we focus on Beitza, even though you're right that the chicken is also muksa, because it's a medicine beitzim. The reason why the Mishnah focused on Beitza is because to show us how far Beishamai is willing to go to be nolad shari. That even though it's true that this is nolad, this animal was not in existence before Shkia, before Shabbos started. And then the animal is born at midnight. The, the egg is, is uh, laid at midnight. The halacha is that Beishamai is going to be a mekel. Yes, you're right, but the chicken is also going to be a, uh, is also going to be part of the leniency. But it doesn't make a difference because it's a bigger chiddush to say that the nolad is the case because Beishamai doesn't hold a muksa. Okay, so says the Gemara, if that's true, maybe what we should have done is focus on the tarnagoles, uh, we understand if you hold a muksa, 
it's almost like Nolet is a worse version of Muktzah. If you hold the Muktzah, for sure the Nolet is going to be problematic. So maybe we should have said that even the light version of Muktzah is still going to be usher, and that would be a Chiddush according to Beis Hillel, who says you're not allowed. So maybe, says the Gemara, we should have made our Mishnah to, to focus on Betarnagolas, and there we could have had a Chiddush, the Beis Hillel, Diba Muktzah, Asrei, that were lenient, even without the Nolad case, even just the chicken itself. And if you want to say that maybe we had a better option, maybe we should say Koach de Hetera Adif. Maybe we should have said Koach de Hetera Adif, and that's why we're focusing on Beishamai, not Beishelel, because Beishamai is a, a big Chiddush, that when it comes to Nolad, that the chicken is still mutter. So maybe we should say the reason why we didn't focus on Beishelel is, is Lodiach HaKochan, to show you the, the great lengths to which Beishamai would go, says the Gemara, if that's true, then our, our Mishnah should have had the following language, then our Mishnah should have delineated a double leniency in Beishamai. How so? If you have an animal that is categorically muksa, it is not meant to be eaten, it is meant to lay eggs, and its eggs, then If you want to say that Rav Nachman's right, they really the machlokas is about this animal that is not meant to be eaten. It is only meant to lay eggs. If that, then our Mishnah should have said both cases. The whole thing is crazy. Why, why would Beishamai allow for that? So we say, that's his Chiddush. He said he doesn't hold the muksa, not only by the chicken itself, but even Bebeitzasa, even with its eggs. Ella, because the Gemara, because the Mishnah, excuse me, doesn't use that double language of both the Tarnagolas and the Beitzah, we therefore reject the answer of Rav Nachman, categorically, we'll see again in the Gemara on the top of, of Gimel Amid Aleph, that we, we, we rejected pretty strongly. Ella, therefore, this brings us to answer number two. What is the Machlokas Beishamai Beishelel in our Mishnah about Beitzah Shenol And the Gemara answers a very, very unique answer. Amar Rabbah, halfway down Beis Mabes. Le'olam, really, we're not talking about the case of Rav Nachman. Really, what are we talking about? We're talking about a chicken that is meant to be eaten. You put it in the pan, I will shech this animal on Yantiv. And we're dealing with a Yantiv, which is on a Sunday. And the concern of eating a beta shenol de tov is because you prepare. How did you prepare? The kasava rabba. If an egg is born today, it means that the egg finished its growth the day before. That means that yesterday, yesterday, the, you prepared for today on Shabbos, because we said it's Yontav after Shabbos. On Shabbos, the egg was fully, was fully matured. And then the next day the egg was born, that's Hachana. Why? What did you do? You didn't do anything. This animal did it on its own. Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is a third of the way down. And says the Gemara, very important, you saw it. Says Rashi. You didn't do a thing. Nothing. Oh, so what's our case? So Rabbi says the Machlokes is in a case of Shabbos that's followed by Yontif. And if the egg is really fully matured on Shabbos, and then the egg is born on Yontif, well, because it was born before Shabbos, you're preparing for Yantif, says Rashi, even though you didn't do anything. It was all Bidei Shamayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it. But still, you're not allowed to eat it. Why? Says Rashi, Deba'inan, we need it to be the case that Kol Seudos Shabbos, Usudos Yom Tov, Sheyuhu Mezumanos, Umuchanos Mibeod Yom Shel Chol. We need all of the food for the Sudos of Shabbos to be prepared in a way where there's no Nolan. There's no Hachana, nothing, even Bidei Shamayim. That's 
a pretty incredible idea. It also explains why the man didn't fall on Shabbos because they could have stood there and ate it. They didn't have to walk. They could have stood there and, eat, and eaten it. No problem at all. No, the food has to be mizuman before Shabbos starts. And that's not possible in this case of the Gemara. So that's why Rabbah says they have a machlokes. Do we say hachana, yes or no? The Rabbah letaime, Rabbah is supporting his own shita. What is Rabbah's shita? Do'ama Rabbah, my dechsiv. What does the Pasuk mean when it says, What does that Pasuk mean? That on the sixth day, that they prepared that which they planned to bring. You can prepare on a weekday for Shabbos. And you can also prepare on a weekday for Yontem. But, but you can't prepare on Yontem for Shabbos when Shabbos is Sunday. This line is our line where we said that Shabbos is prior to Yom Tov and the egg finished growing on, um, on Shabbos and then was was, ha- was, uh, was laid on, on Yom Tov on Sunday. And that is why Rabbah holds what he holds. So Amar I don't understand. If what you're saying is true, that the reason why we have a concern in our Mishnah is because of a case of Yom Tov that follows a Shabbos, and the egg was really finished growing, finished growing on Shabbos, and, that, and that's a Achana problem. Okay, great. I have, a, I have a great idea. What happens when Yom Tov is standalone, where there is no Shabbos beforehand, and the day before was a weekday? That's the Abayi's question. Normally, Abayi, Elamayata, Yom Tov be'alma tishtere. What if you have a Yom Tov that doesn't have a Shabbos, and therefore there's no Hachana problem? Because according to your theory, Rabbah, that really the egg finished growing the day before. That day before was a weekday if it's a Yom Tov that's in a vacuum. It's just a regular Tuesday that happens to be a Yom Tov, but no Shabbos, says the Gemara in the name of Rabbah. You're right in principle, but we have a Gzera Derabanan in all cases that I should say, we have a Gzera Derabanan in all cases of Yom Tov Achara Shabbos. Uh, that every regular Yom Tov, even when there's no Shabbos, our concern of, of, is for those times when Yom Tov does follow Shabbos. So therefore, even though in theory, a Yom Tov Be'alma, a Yom Tov that's not a conjoined to a Shabbos, should be mutter, we don't allow for that on, uh, based on a Dindar What about Shabbos to Alma Tishtere? Let's say that an animal lays an egg on Shabbos. We should be able to eat that too. Why? Because we said that the completion of the growth of that egg is the day before, which was Friday, not Shabbos. So then when the animal's born on Shabbos, big deal. Just go eat the egg. What's the, what's the problem? Can't cook it. Got to eat it raw because it's Shabbos, but people do that. Some people, I guess. Says the Gemara here too, Gzer Mishum Shabbos, Achar Yom. So we have a Gzer here as well. What happens when Shabbos is after Yantif and really the egg completed its growth on Yantif? That would be problematic as too. Says the Gemara, Mika Zrinan. Do we in fact employ this Gzerah throughout let me give you an example where we don't give this gzera, says the Gemara. Eight lines from the bottom, daf beis, amud beis. Ve'atanya, the Brisa writes, ha-shochet esatarnagolas, umatzaba beitzim gemuros. Let's say that a person does shechita on a chicken, and inside they see a fully completed egg. So the halacha is, mutaros la'ochlan biyomtov. You're allowed to. You're allowed to eat it. Ve'imisa, but if your gzera is true, that gzera that we should not allow for this egg because maybe about Shabbos or Yom Tov, we should have said that had this animal, had this, had this egg actually have been laid on Yom Tov, we would have said it was problematic. So we should say, we should make a gzera here too, even though, it's in the, even though it's inside the animal when you shecht it. But had it been that it was born, it, the egg was laid in a proper normal way, 
Who cares that it's inside the animal? We should have had a gzera here as well. You can't make any rules from there. For you to shecht the chicken at exactly the right time, where the egg is gemuros iman, where in, in utero, as it were, it is a fully uh, fully grown egg. So that's milsa de And this is such an important principle in Shas. We've seen this many times. When we have something that's uncommon, we do not make gezeras on that which is uncommon. We only make gezeras on that which is common. Otherwise, there's no point otherwise. The whole point of gezeras is to prevent you from doing something wrong. But here, this is so uncommon that we don't have to make a gezera. You luck of the draw. You shafted an animal, you got a full egg. Congratulations. Mutter to eat it. No gezera. Okay, that was answer two. So answer number one was Rav Nachman, rejected. Answer number two was Raba, um, not rejected. Answer number three, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef Omar, Gzeira Mishum, we have a Gzeira because of Peros Hanoshren. We compare, um, we compare fruit that falls off of a tree to an egg that is laid on Shabbos. Omar Abaye, hang on one second. This comparison is not a good comparison because of the following. Peros Hanoshrin time of mine. Why is it that we have a concern about fruit that falls off on its own? You didn't do anything wrong. Why are we concerned about picking up an apple off the ground that fell off of a tree on Shabbos or Yontiv? Top of Gimel Amad Aleph, Gzeira Yitlosh. The concern was that if you're willing to pick up an, uh, an apple off of the ground, that has just fallen off of its uh, off of its branch. We are concerned that you may climb the tree and grab one. Oh, so it says the Gemara. But wait a minute. If you're learning our case of Beitzah Shanol de from the case of Peros Hanoshrin, he gufa gzera. The whole case of Peros Hanoshrin is itself a din derabanan. The ananekum the nigzer gzera the gzera. We are going to come here and double up. There is a gzera. There's an iser do right. So you can't do coats or you can't pluck fruit. That if the apple falls off on its own, you're not allowed to eat a dindarabanan. And then on that dindarabanan, a new dindarabanan of Beitzah Shanol It's too much. It's a gzera l'gzera. And we don't do that. So says the Gemara, no, this answer is valid. Why is the sheet of Peres Hanoshrin valid? Because Peres Hanoshrin is not the root of explaining why Beitzah Shanolda is the same. They're both the same exact gzera. There was one gzera in which we include two things, Beit Shoshanol de Bionto and Peres Hanoshrin, his answer is considered acceptable. Rav Yitzchak Amar, line three, Daf Kimel Amaral, Rav Yitzchak Amar, I have another, another source for this. Gzeira, we have a rabbinic injunction because of Mishum Mashkin Shazavu. And this is something that we learned about. Look at Mashkin Shazavu in Rashi, the fifth line of Rashi, Dibra Maschal Mashkin Mishum Mashkin Shazavu. Rashi says, Tikaimalan, Asur and Lebobayom. It's Asur to drink the liquid that, uh, that ooze from uh, fruits on Shabbos. So says the Gemara, the same question against Rav Yitzchak that we asked against Rav Yosef. Omar Le'abai, line four, I don't understand. Mashkin Shezavu Taimamai. What's the reason why we have Mashkin Shezavu? Why do we say that that is uh, an Iser Derabanan, to drink the liquid of those fruits? Gzeir Hashem Our concern is a rabbinic injunction because we're concerned of, of Shechita. So says the Gemara, but, but that's a rabbinic injunction. Mashkin Shezavu is a rabbinic injunction. So same question we asked in regards to Peres Hanoshrin, he gufa gzera. You can't learn, you can't learn Beit Shanol 
from Mashkin Shazavu. He gufa gzera. That itself is gzera. That's gzera gzera. And it doesn't make sense to learn Peros Hanoshrin, Mashkin Shazavu, to the world of Beitza Shanoda So therefore, the Gemara answers like we did before, Kulachad Gzerahi. And that validates the Shita of Rabbi Yitzchak because they're all part of one gzera, according to him. And therefore, Beitza Shanoda is in fact similar to Mashkin Shazavu. Now, how do we paskin? What do we do? So says the Gemara as follows. Six lines down on Gimel Amid Aleph. And then we're going to stop about halfway down on this page. Everyone holds who, about Rav Nachman. Everyone rejects Rav Nachman. We don't say like him, because we had a, a big problem with his shita, which is that if his shita was right, then our Mishnah should have not only spoken about Beitza, but also the Tarnagolas, and it didn't. Everyone also rejects the shita of Rabbah because hachana leslu, because not everybody holds of hachana, and therefore you can't say there's a machlokas about hachana if you don't hold of hachana. But in regards to Rav Yosef, who was of the opinion of Peros Hanoshren, that the Beit Shanolda, the egg that's born, the egg that's laid, excuse me, on Yontif is similar to that of fruits that come off of a tree. Why doesn't he hold my time of Yitzchak? Why is it, doesn't he say that the answer that Rav Yitzchak gave, which is Mashkin Shazavu? So says the Gemara, Amar Lach, what would he tell you? The reason why Rav Yosef doesn't hold like Rav Yitzchak is because of the following. Beitza Uchla, an egg is a food, and fruits are food. I could understand those. But this comes to exclude mashkin de lav uchla. But you're talking about mashkin shazavu? That's a liquid. Liquids are not foods. The cases are incomparable. What about the reverse? What about Rav Yitzchak? But Rav Yitzchak, who was of the opinion that the Beit Shanolda is similar to the case of Mashkin Shazavu, my time of Amar Kerav Yosef, why doesn't he say like the opinion of Peirus Hanoshrin? So says the Gemara, Omar Lach, he'll answer you. Beit Blua, Umashkin Blua. The egg is internal. It's inside the chicken. Umashkin bluin, and when it starts out, the liquids are inside in, inside the fruit. La fuke peros, but this is incomparable to the case of peros. Demigluvekaimu. There, look up on the tree. You'll see them. They're not. They're not. They're not really fully comparable to the cases of the egg because the egg is inside, and here the fruits are not on the inside. So we'll stop right here at ve'af, and this just because it's a long stretch here, it wraps over too far. Emir Hashem on Shabbos, one hour before Mincha, we will pick up right here and learn until the bottom of daf dalit. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Thank you. Thank you.